Hello, and welcome back to Career Chronicles. My name is Margo Kay, and I am a high school student interviewing young adults on their career paths. Today, I am interviewing Lauren, who works at Google as a product support manager. We are going to be talking about her current role at Google, some previous ones, and even how she moved abroad after college. I am very excited to be talking to her today, and she has some really cool things to share. So let's get to it. Could you start it off by introducing yourself and sharing what your current job is? Sure. Okay. I'm Lauren. I am um, called a product support manager, but uh, you can think of it as a project manager, just maybe a fancy way of saying it. And I currently work at Google. I've been working there for seven years now. Wow. So you're saying you're managing projects. What does that look like? Is there a specific thing all the time? Um, What are you kind of doing specifically? So right now, specifically what I'm doing is pretty broad, um, generally speaking. I think project management in general is just a broad field. What's great about it is once you kind of perfect your skills, then you can apply those honestly to all facets of your life, Mm -hmm. which is what I found really great, Um, not only professionally, but uh, it can be anything from moving house, which I've done dozens of times, or playing a bachelorette party, um, or any kind of event. So Project management is super widespread, wide-reaching, widespread, um, and in this particular case, I'm mostly a community manager, mm-hmm. um, or a I think like a other good word would be user advocate. So I take feedback from Google users um, mm-hmm. at scale, like. Millions of pieces of feedback a year, um, all the way from the millions to specific groups, uh, like kind of focus groups that I work Mm -hmm. with. Um, I take that feedback, I synthesize it with my team, and then we go to the product side of things and ask them to implement changes or fix bugs or based on the feedback we're getting directly from the users. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's the current project management I'm doing now. There's a lot of a lot of different things involved, and um, why I like it. I don't know if you're going to ask that next, but sure, yeah. What's, Go ahead. <laughs> what's great about this job? Um, <clears throat> and I've had a lot, a lot of different roles at Google. I think I've had at least six in in oh, seven wow. years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so what's really great about this one, and I have been pretty lucky to work closely with the users, but at big companies, a lot of times you don't get to really be close to the users or hear their feedback directly. Right. Um, you and know you're impacting a lot of people, but you just kind of do what you have to do, sell what you have to sell, develop what you have to develop, uh, and hope it goes well. Mm-hmm. So. What's really cool to me is that I work really closely with users. I hear literally hear them directly in monthly chats that I have with them. Yeah. Um, and then I get to take exactly what the users want to the product team, and then they can implement changes based on really what the everyday user wants. And yeah. so it's very, it's rewarding. Yeah, that's interesting. So on a day-to-day basis, are you 
mostly talking to like groups of users? Are you working with your team? Is it a combination? So on a day-to-day basis, it can be anything from dealing with it. It's called a P0 bug, but a big bug that came out that causes an outage that causes many users to not be able to use a device or a specific uh, Google product. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it can be dealing with that, working with escalating that to engineers and product managers um, and trying to get that resolved. It can be um, working with the marketing team to create content for our community forums. Uh, if we're going to have a new feature coming out or we want to hear feedback from users about something, we'll oftentimes create, it's kind of like a press release. We'll mm-hmm. create this pe- press release. It will get, we'll review that with the marketing team and we'll share that in the forum, hoping that it will inspire users to test out a different feature or share feedback with us. Um, we also might be sharing something about a bug that was resolved and here's what you need to know in order to fix the bug. Mm-hmm. Um, other things I do is I try to connect the group of users that I work closely with. They're called product experts and they're volunteers. They're part of a community of users who are really passionate about different Google products. Yeah. So what I work on doing is trying to set up sessions between them and the people working on the products so they can get some really good interaction with each other. and. Is really mutually benefiting. You have on the product side, again, they don't often get to hear directly from users. So now they're getting to hear it directly from people who love the product, but also know a lot of pitfalls about it because they're so involved in it and they're so engaged with the, the users, different user audiences. Yeah. Um, and thinking if there's anything else oh um i also manage our our social channels oh so it's called social care if you ever tweet to a google handle or like any product that you really care about asking for support you you know you see people doing it for spotify or for wendy's or Mm -hmm. we also have it at google but um there is a support team that tries to respond to user inquiries coming in via Twitter, and I manage that as well, and I'm sure I'm missing things. Oh, okay, last thing. <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, okay, so, uh, yeah, I knew I was missing a big, a big piece of this. Um, one last thing, or two more things. I guess these are kind of the big projects I'm working on now. There's also a, a vendor team that I manage, so... There's a lot of projects that require more than just my support, and we do outsource some of that work to different companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and this team, um, without naming the product, uh, really we get incoming questions to a email alias, basically, you can think of mm-hmm. it that way, and they, they respond. So I help manage this big support team that's managing one of the Google products. Um, it's called a one-to-one operation because anyone who submits a support ticket or question will get a response directly from a person sitting behind the screen uh, reading their response and sending them an answer yeah that's cool um i'm also working on uh, getting more users involved in beta testing Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. So we can have a reliable group of people, uh, users who are trying out the beta product and then sharing feedback with us. The beta, the beta product is, I think a lot of Google ones are available to most users. Mm -hmm. You just have to kind of search for them. Um, but the audience is much smaller because most people want to use, it's called the stable version, or you can think of it as the version of Chrome we're using right now. But most people are just on that regular stable version. Um, but for those people who are a little more daring, a little more adventurous, a little, maybe they're maybe a little more tech savvy, or maybe they're just curious, mm -hmm. uh, they do download the beta version. Um, and on, on beta versions, just generally speaking, you have features that are available that are not going to be available to the general public on our stable versions. They're in testing mode. It is considered a testing environment. Mm -hmm. um, so if we're going to be releasing something, it's always going to be in beta first. And by growing the community of beta users, the hope is that we'll get feedback about issues or things that don't look right or things that just aren't sitting well with the audience. Right. Um, we can share that with product and they will be able to implement these changes and both instead of letting those features go to the stable version, which compared to beta has a hundred X amount of users. Yeah. Yeah. So you wear many hats. <laughs> um, yes. That's, like, that's what I was trying to say. Product yeah, manager yeah. is super wide reaching and this is just one, one role I've had for the last year and a half. Right. So at a big company like Google, is your um, position and like your salary like super um, structured or like is there a lot of room to grow where you are? Um, yeah, I think in general, Google does offer a lot of room to grow, mm -hmm. um, both financially and career wise, I mean, even personally. It sounds really corny, but I always say that I feel like I'm at Google University because <laughs> you do have the opportunity to learn so much, mm -hmm. um, one, from your day-to-day -day job because you really take on things that you literally had no idea about them yesterday and you just have yeah. to pick it up and run. Um, it's a lot about being self-starter and motivated, dealing, dealing well with ambiguity for <laughs> sure. Um, but what's great about that is then you can kind of determine or you kind of learn, okay, what's, what are the available projects to work on or what project can I even establish myself because I see a problem yeah. and it is nice because there's a lot of open people that I work with and I think across Google in general, it's called being Googly. So you, I've never really felt except when I'm in a brand new role, but after you get comfortable, I definitely have always felt very safe, like it's a safe place to share your ideas, a safe place to share something that's a little daring, a little out there. Yeah. And so there's definitely a lot of upward mobility and um, again, financially, career-wise, and personally, just because everything you learn here, you can take with you to another another company or whatever your career goals may be. Yeah. Uh, but then also apply it to your personal life, like the example that I was giving before. Yeah, with the bachelorette parties, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The important yeah. things in life. Right. <laughs> um, so you mentioned you have, you've had like 
six or five or six roles like previous to this one will you share like maybe your favorite one or you don't have to go through the nitty-gritty of all of them but I'd love to hear about a couple of your previous ones yes okay I'll I'll share with you I think one of my favorite ones um one of my most one of the best and most challenging times I had Mm -hmm. had um at Google was um I was working at a part of Google that had been acquired. So they were previously a startup and then they became acquired by Google. So that was a, a totally different environment than being on the team of one now, which is a, a full on Google product. Right. Um, that's always been a part of Google. Um, so in that role, <laughs> truth be told, I, I started in a uh, office abroad and I really wanted to get back to America, get back to the U.S. Um, I've been living abroad for a while, and I, honestly, I had a, basically booked a ticket, one-way ticket back um, to New York, and I got an interview at Google, and I was like, okay, I guess I just, like, I have to just take take it Mm -hmm. you know that doesn't just fall into your lap um so it's always about timing and the 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 flexibility you're willing to to give Mm -hmm. um and i ended up getting this role but it was almost from the first day i got there was a personal goal of mine if i'm here then i have to get back i have to get back to the u.s so i'm going to do everything i can to get on projects that will get me there and my role did not call for that at all (laughs) um it was really like it wasn't you know that wasn't my only focus every day but that was my mindset so Mm -hmm. there were people working internationally in the u.s and all over the world and i was trying as hard as possible to get involved in more of the international projects um and then again what i had mentioned before that google is people who work there are really open to new ideas and being a little risky or daring um trying out something new so I was working um, on a project to update map, update one of our mapping services at Google mm-hmm. with road closures for major traffic events that were happening. So it might be a big marathon or a football game or state fair, yeah. a concert that closes lots of roads. Um, and we would, what would happen is, we would update the map of those road closures so then people using the the app would not be routed to a closed road and be super annoyed. Mm-hmm. But we would try and get the information for the road closures. And we had, again, a community of users who were su- submitting road closure information. We had a team looking at different event websites and city websites and sending the information, but we could not. We really were just getting a few dozens of events a week. and. Right we couldn't find the information. So my idea was, okay, why don't we just reach out directly to the source and talk to the people who actually manage the events? I mean, if anyone has a road closure information, it's them. Mm-hmm. We uh, ended up connecting with one, a big marathon company called Rock and Roll Marathon. I think they're now part of Ironman. And they were like, oh my gosh, yeah, we have all the road closures. They actually had been giving them to, to us um, through a backwards way, but they're like, um, it's great that you want to get them on the map, but it's even better for us 
because um, cities, it's great that we can go to the cities that we're in, our host cities, and let them know we're doing every everything we can to make sure traffic is still moving and uh, on event days and we're not clogging up the city yeah. and this and that. So it was a huge win for them. And that kind of led us to, oh my gosh, wow. All right. If that's how they feel, then imagine how all these other categories of event organizers feel. So everyone was, once that happened, it really just snowballed. And um, I started an international partnership program which we had like this huge launch where we were in 20 different publishing, like at least 20 different tech publications. Wow. Um, and we had everyone joining from NFL teams to uh, like to, well, part d- different parts of like the Olympics even mm-hmm. were adding their road closures. Um, and it was super fun because, it was so I I was like working around the clock so you just don't when you're having like it was fun but it was also um you had to hold everything together and it was all being held by a string uh, (laughs) and I really wanted it to go well and also I wanted it to go well so I could get back to the U.S. because a lot of the partners that we had started out with initially were in the U.S. um Mm -hmm. And I had set, I had meetings set with like presidents of football teams and CEOs of huge organizations. Um, and I would not be able to sleep the night before thinking, how, why is it me speaking to the, those people? I literally have no idea what, what I'm doing or, <laughs> or how to handle this audience. And I yeah. don't know, you just got through it. Um, but that was just, it was fun. And that project involved, um, Every I almost felt like it was like running a small business because you had the marketing and PR and partnership built like strategic partnership building mm-hmm. and you also had um, operations because we had to we had to set up whole operation to support hundreds of partners yeah and and yeah I I left that role I was asked to manage a team and that um, partnership program is still going strong today yeah. That's awesome. What were um, some of the difference or was there any difference, I guess, between working? You said now you're kind of like directly under Google. And with that project, it was a startup that was acquired. Uh, how did that kind of differ? Um, yeah, that was, that differed because it really felt like a startup. Mm-hmm. Um, and I especially know that now after making the transition to Google. Yeah. It really functioned like a startup. People, people had a lot of different roles. No role was exactly defined. Mm-hmm. Um, you had a lot of access to anyone in the company. The CEO sat right next to me when I worked in oh, the wow. New York office. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. The head of marketing sat right next to me, and um, so in that regard, it, it was it was really cool because you got to help make some big decisions and mm-hmm. just even with with casual you had a lot of casual interactions with these um high powered individuals running the company and yeah. um that was great we another thing is and I don't think it's fair to to fully compare because I have only been at Google for like in a, in this Google company for most of uh covid only oh. in my role six weeks before, so I didn't yeah. really, unfortunately, get like the office 
environment, but mm-hmm. um, that team was like really close. I everyone on the team was super close. Um, I made some of my closest friends there. I did come after the acquisition, so they were already under Google, but they operated very diff- very um, separately. Yeah, um, we had like. The scale of Google and the power of Google and the money and the resources, Um, but we had the speed of being a really small company. Uh, There was still like when I started, I I was 120 employee. Um, Mm. By the time I left, there was like 600 over 600. Yeah. Um, on, On the other hand, like some of the downfalls were. Because they separated themselves so much from Google, I think they were missing out on opportunities and resources. Yeah. Um, I found (laughs) that although I had amazing friends and still do, that the environment was not as professional as Google's. Okay. Um, I do find that Google values professionalism and... Mm -hmm. uh, I just noticed that all the way up my management chain, professionalism and respect, and almost more like equal opportunity. But um, I always say you can't forget where you came from. And Mm -hmm. I have so much to owe to my first job and just the opportunities it gave me to learn and grow, get, um, move across the world. Yeah. um, And... Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. So kind of continuing with that and moving back in time a little bit, was Google um, your first job out of school? No. Um, I did take a a less traditional path than I think most American adults take. Um, That's good. I like to hear about those. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I... I just, like, the the idea of a desk job always really, really scared me. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was getting close to graduating, um, I just didn't, didn't really know what I was going to do. And it was 2009, so we were in the Great Recession. Yeah. Um, a lot of people were moving home. A lot of people... I don't think I knew one person who got a job pretty much right yeah, away. That's crazy. And people who had internships. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe very few. Um, but I did know I wanted to travel and um, just like take advantage of being young. And mm-hmm. um, I guess I would say my frontal cortex might not have been developed all the way because. <laughs> Thinking about what I did now, I cannot imagine doing that now. Yeah. Um, but I graduated. I really had no idea what I was going to do. And then um, I, I had been working at this, actually, California Pizza Kitchen for like three years or yeah. four years through school. And um, it was summertime after graduation. We were also living in our apartment in Chicago, me and my roommates. And um, I just got like super sick. I go to the hospital. It ended up being fine. Um, and But I was out of work for like 10 days straight just on bed rest recovery. Mm-hmm. And I had, that was like the first time you, I had to think because when you're in your last year of school, it's all about graduating finals and 
friends. Um, now it's a little, I know people are more career focused now. I think that even back then, I even when I was in school, I was, they, I considered options like the Peace Corps or yeah, um, just like living abroad and doing, working like in Europe at, I don't know, bars. I, I just had, I had a wide range of ideas of what I wanted to do. <laughs> so I had those 10 days and I woke up and I was like, woke up one day, it just kind of came to me, okay, I'm moving abroad and uh, going to, uh, I'm just going to like see what happens. So mm-hmm. um, I saved some money and I ended up, I moved to Israel because it was an easy place to go where I could get citizenship and um, also work or just have a lot of flexibility. It was easy yeah. in that regard. It was hard because it was a foreign country in the right. Middle East and uh, totally different culture. Yeah. But, um, I always had loved Tel Aviv. So I still was kind of not sure what I wanted to do. So I decided to get my master's degree. Um, I did that in a Tel Aviv area in diplomacy and conflict resolution. And mm, I was sure that I wanted to work for a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. And then when I went to apply for all the jobs, um, I just didn't have the language skills to get anything. So I picked up again and traveled probably for like six to nine months. Oh, wow. Just, it was like lots of different trips. Um, Went to Europe where I had family and did a bunch of stuff there. And then Southeast Asia and India and the U.S. Mm -hmm. um, came back. And I was like, okay, I have no money there was a bar hiring. It was a microbrewery called the Dancing Camel, owned by an American. And the mm-hmm. posting was in English. I was like, okay, maybe I'll get it. So I called up. The guy manager was like, okay, come in. When can you like come in today? Like, okay, when? Like now, if you can. I was like, okay. Yeah. So I went in. We clicked really well. I started working the next day, and I immediately hated that job because I was just like. <laughs> I mean, it was a great, it was a cool bar. Everyone was nice. But I was like, why? Okay, I've wor- I worked in a restaurant like three years ago, all through college. Why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I like need to move on with my life. And I was just miserable. Applied for tons of jobs and um, got a lot of like good advice from people who came into the bar. Because it'd be a lot mm-hmm. of international people or businessmen. And there's like one exec I met from Microsoft who was like just kind of telling me what his career was like. And then um, another exec, I don't remember what company he was from, but like, oh, what do you want to do with your life? And I was like, well, I'm in a social entrepreneurship role, right? Like fellowship right now. And I'm Mm -hmm. starting a nonprofit for teaching women how to run. I want to be in the nonprofit world. He's like, no, you don't. <laughs> you want to make money, and then you can support the nonprofit world with the money you make. And basically, like, money makes the world go round, and money, money, money. And yeah, um, that's not what I had ever thought before. Mm-hmm. But it did kind of sit with me for a while. I ended up getting a job at a study abroad program, like as a marketing coordinator. As a marketing coordinator. And then um, there was, like, absolutely no resources in that role. Mm -hmm. But what happened in that role is that 
it, I was only there a little over a year. It allowed me to just fill my resume with literally everything because there yeah. were no resources. So I did everything, everything. And it was like, I um, started a registration program. So I worked with a developer and product manager to create an online registration pl- um, platform for the study abroad program, which they hadn't had. They did. They were using basically like papers that people were uploading. Um, I ran the Facebook page. I created like marketing materials, work with designers. And it was like, it wasn't a tech company, but because I was, I got to work with an engineer and a web, web developer and a, P, a project manager and then designer. So I had just learned so much. Yeah. Uh, and then all like in the social media side too. So anyways, I was uh, getting to the point where I had basically booked my one-way ticket back to New York. I was like, I hate, I, I hate this job so much. Yeah. There are ants in the kitchen and... <laughs> I had a long bus ride to get there. Like it was a 50 minute commute. Oh, wow. Um, and I was at a drinks with a girlfriend and she was like, yeah, my friend works at Google. And she says everything ever since her company was acquired, they get breakfast, free breakfast every day. Wow. And, and I was just sold. like, I want to work at Google. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, uh, that takes us back to the, yeah. the beginning. <laughs> yeah. But what I, yeah, what I got out of being there and sticking it out for almost three years at the Tel Aviv office, the Google Tel Aviv office, was um, really an amazing career opportunity, like life changing. Um, Yeah. My salary literally like quadrupled or (laughs) or more. Um, And also at a place where you can, you do feel like, not every day, but you're making impactful changes. I also met my husband in the very end of um, of my stay. So yeah, um, yeah, I definitely yeah, no regrets. Awesome. All right, I think my last question for you um, mm-hmm. is: What is like the best part or your favorite part about your job, and like something that like would attract you? all over again to your job I still say actually and I think there are parts of it that are happening now Mm -hmm. in this role but the uh the best role I had was when I was running that partnership program and what was so cool to me and again I see that and I'm part of what I do now for that partnership program all the tools already existed. Nothing nothing initially had to be developed. Mm-hmm. It was more like taking a bunch of different things that existed, packaging them together, and selling this idea to people. We weren't selling it for money. But when we would go and talk to those potential partners, just seeing their eyes like light up, being like, wow, this is really going to change the game for me. Yeah, This is super cool. So... For me, um, what I will look for in a future role and what I, why I think like one day it'd be really cool to be someone running, not running the startup, but running a, a part of a startup or a small company mm-hmm. um, is being able to just take an idea of your own 
make it a reality and then just see it change change reality and it's really cool it's really empowering I get a yeah. rush um I would get on the the calls with a potential partner and by and I would be maybe tired before be like oh my god I've done this a hundred times but then you like see their reaction and it's just so rewarding and so exciting it is literally an adrenaline rush so that's what I really like and I think you can see it now or it happens now when I'm pitching a new project or talking about a new idea but um that is the best aspect uh for me in yeah. a job yeah that's awesome all right well those are all the questions I have thank you so much um for doing this that was that was awesome <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> of course, yeah. It was fun. And so that concludes my interview with Lauren. Even though I've already interviewed someone who works at Google, Lauren gave me a completely different perspective and I really appreciated everything she had to say. And thank you again to her for taking the time to do this. In a lot of my interviews, I've been trying to find the differences between working at big and small companies. And I thought something interesting that Lauren shared was how she felt like she could make a big company feel small by working on a small part of it. Um, and that definitely gave me something to consider. And so from my conversation with her, I've learned if you can use creativity to solve problems um, and you can wear many hats at once and you like to work with a team, then maybe being a product support manager at Google would be a great fit for you. That is all for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you next time. Bye.